Well, this is Dion. So nice to have you with us. And he's going to tell you a little bit more of himself. Are you? Yes. Ik zal zo maken, ja. Baie dankie, baie dankie vir die, vir, vir die welkom. Die verwelkom, wat is het? Is my Afrikaans goed so? Is dat oké? Ek is Engelse Delpoort, maar ek kan so af en toe die, die taal bykie gooi, die hemelse taal. En dit is baie lekker om hier te wees. Rarig. Rarig, dit is lang klaas dat ek in die kerk was hier op een zondag. So, ek sien 5, 6 jaar terug, denk ek, ek weet nie. Um, dit is lang, maar uh, baie dankie, baie dankie Charles voor al die andere mense, Jakko ken ons uh, so teike al en wat julle gedoen met die kinders, baie dankie hey. ja, rarig uh, ek sien net na ons klein adventure vanmiddag hulle het so'n bykie adventure vir ons uh, gereel, daar op die plaas so, ons sien rarig met julle span by mekaar te kom gaan dit goed met die Afrikaans, hoe like het? gaan julle Afrikaans mense my Afrikaans verstaan? <laughs> <laughs> nee, rarig, nee, dit is vir ons uh, groot voorig. Ja, baie dankie, sien daar sê. Ek, die woorde is daar ergens, de, maar dan so af en toe moet ek die Engelse woord put it in nee, oké. Okay. <laughs> ja. So, uh, just a little bit about myself uh, and my wife. We've been married for 38 years. Okay, we've got uh, two sons, uh, both love the Lord, um, so we're very privileged to have our sons serving Jesus, and then uh, I've got two granddaughters, wait, okay, those of your grandparents, you understand, okay, we are, I love our, our grandchildren are very special to us, and uh, I'm going to, there's some things that I'll probably mention in my time of sharing and preaching this morning, it just shows you just how my grandchildren have taught me about God, about His nature and about His purpose for my life. And uh, this morning I, I, I am uh, just overjoyed by what's happening here. I uh, haven't been here often, physically, but I just hear... Nazareth, some good things are coming out of here. Some really, really good things are happening here. Planted three churches. Eh? Four. Three. Sorry? Help plant three churches. Man, it's a base. Man, you guys are, you don't always see from the outside when you're in, in the workings of the church often, but what God is actually doing amongst you. Often we take things for granted. And from my side, what I see and what I hear is amazing things and Charles well done man <laughs> and your team and elders and just leading this church into the more and uh, I felt this this morning I was chatting I was I had something else on my mind and then chatting to Charles yesterday I felt I wanted just to encourage you to keep going to keep going um, there's a verse that's very special in my life which is probably if I want to leave a legacy my life. This is probably one of the one of the scriptures. It comes from Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 to 12. And this is I would hope would be what's on my I don't, I don't think I'll have a gravestone, <laughs> but as I throw my ashes somewhere, this is what I'd be remembered by. I, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all of this, already arrived at my goal, but I press on and on and on and on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of me. Jesus took hold of me, took hold of my life, in April 1970. And I'm just as passionate about Jesus, probably more so than ever. And by His grace, I want to press on and press on. I want to encourage you this morning that, that there's always more that God has for us. I, 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 I just was reminded of Helena, I mean, uh, 
Wayne and uh, yeah, just reminded me about the song that was sung over here about five or six, I don't know, when the last time I was here, it's just the song that the Lord sang over here, I think it was the last time I preached here, and to see up there, oh man, just trophies of grace and healing and what God can do in people's lives, man, well done, see the, you still sing that song over here, you know, you're beautiful, you're worth it all, huh? you remember that song, hey? He sings that over so many of us, and what God's doing, and I'm sure I hear this, the people that have been saved and lives being transformed, man, there's nothing better in the world. Kim and I are both teachers by profession. I was a high school teacher. Kim was a preschool, not preschool, a junior phase. What do you call it? Um, yeah. Yeah, foundation phase it's called now. And we love that. I love that for a season, but I'll be doing nothing else than what I'm doing now. Uh, last year in September when Will passed away um, you all know Will Marie eh? um, I felt the Lord say something to me just in terms of gra- pressing on to take a hold of the more that God has for me was as a measure of the back and came out a prophetic word at the gathering that time she said she believes that in this in his passing he's passing on many batons to many people and I felt like, Lord, something of what he carried, I want to carry. I want to pick up this, pick up this, uh, this baton and run. And this year has been quite something in terms of what we've been asked to do and called to do in Josh Jen, amongst Josh Jen. It's just been busy, but man, uh, coming here is awesome. <laughs> let me, let me, okay. <laughs> so about... Um, Three or four months ago, I'm sitting in Life Cafe, and my grandchildren come to visit us to play, and you know, you get some kind of, some granddads that sit with their, with their children on their knee, and they engage with them, and there's some granddads that, that grandchildren are there, and they'll engage when they can, but um, I'm one of those granddads that people look at me and say, so who's the granddad, yeah, who's the kid? I love to get on the, um, the get on the slides. I get on. I go play with them in the playgrounds, and uh, we have we have lots of lots of fun together. In any case, uh, there are two playgrounds. One is the old playground in Life Cafe there, and the one's the new playground. And the ones you have a little bit of fun, but there you have a lot of fun. So I said, uh, so Harper, my elder, says to me, uh, uh, so we're going to play after lunch. I said, Harper, where are we going to play? She says. She's looking at the old one. She says, let's go play there first on the old one. And she says, and then after that, we're going to go play on the new one. And then she says this, because next is always more. And so that's the topic of my preach. (laughs) Next is always more in God. There's always more in God. Always more. No matter what season you're in, no matter what you're going through, the next thing that God has for you and for me and for this church is always more that God has for us to move into. And I want to take us on a little journey through Moses' early life, just what happened in his life and how God brought him into the more. Probably not going to get through everything, but just hopefully I'll touch on some things that will stir your heart. Well, if it's not stirred, just fire it up some more. And fire some of us who are active to get more active and some of us who are a little more on the fringe to get more involved and do what God's called you to do. Um, For me, I want to be in the center of what God's doing. Amen? (laughs) I want to to be there, man. I want to be where where God's at. So we know the situation with, uh, in in the book of of Exodus, uh, we, we see in chapter 1 verses 7 and 12 I'll summarize them maybe you can put them up there but I'm just going to summarize it the reality is Israel that we're in Egypt we're going through a lot of suffering hardship they've been made to work hard by Pharaoh so their circumstances didn't look good but the incredible thing is the more they suffered the more they multiplied the more hardship they had 
the more God blessed them. And I love that which says the Egypts came to dread the Israelites. So I want to ask you this question right out the outset, part of my intro. Does the enemy dread what's happening in your life? No matter what it is, no matter how, what difficult it is, no matter it could be a season of blessing, harvest, fruitfulness, it could be a season of cutting, of trimming, of I don't know what it is. But the reason why God does that and trims and is to make us fruitful, to multiply. Just thinking the other day, John 15, you know, abiding in the vine, just struck me again as I was, re, as I was contemplating it, was that God prunes the fruitful. So if you're being fruitful, you're doing stuff, there's pruning coming because he wants to be more fruitful. The danger is if you're bearing no fruit. And so I'm hoping I'm going to stir some of those to bear more fruit. <laughs> and some of you who are not bearing fruit, the fruit that you know the Lord wants to bear in your life, that you say, no, I, I, I want the Lord to trim me nice and down. This, I was looking at roses there yesterday. How, those of you who grow roses, I'm not very good at growing roses. This area is a lot better than growing roses. Man, those things look ugly when they're trimmed. Hey, it's like these sticks and just thorns. Shit, but give it the rain, a bit of rain and a bit of sunshine and whew. That's, that's God. That's God's process in our life, you know. So, the, so that was it. So the Israelites were going through a very, very difficult time. And then come along Moses onto the scene. And uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 23, I'm going to read the whole thing there. It says, the whole chapter on faith, it says, And when Moses was hidden by his parents, because his parents saw that there's a purpose in his life, there's something of, before, Mo, before Moses was born, he was hidden in God. I want to say, hidden in God. The scripture, in the shadow of God. What we're living, if we see it and, and want to know it, is that there's this purpose that God has hidden in himself, within him, for every single one of us and for this church. There's a hiddenness, hidden in him. And, uh, and then in Exodus chapter 2, it says, Many years later, verses 11 and 12, many years later, 40 years later, by the way, so Moses was in, the, in, in Pharaoh's um, courts, learning all the ways of Egypt, but there was the hiddenness of the call of God in his life always there. He knew who he was and knew what the call in his life was. But he had to learn some lessons in life. He had to learn some things. I want to go through the three or four things that I've learned in his life if we're going to live in the more that God has for us. Okay, so that's, that's where we're going with this. And we'll see if we stop and see where, where the Lord wants to maybe dwell a little bit. So I just want to just right now, for 30 seconds... I want you just to contemplate and remember the day you got saved. Remember that moment that God ignited a love in you for Him, for Himself. And at that moment, you are hidden in Him. Hidden in Him. light shines into us as churches, uh, the, the, us who are filled with the water of the Holy Spirit, and just reflects, reflects His light in different expressions, creative expressions, and God wants to express Himself through His light shining into our lives. He's got a plan and purpose for us. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, 
He went out to visit his own people. So he knows his own people. The Hebrews, and he saw how they were forced to work. And during the visit, he saw Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, he looked like a man because he obviously knew. You see the next verse that a lot of people saw what he was doing. Uh, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. Okay, so you know the story. So he hid the body and then he goes to later on in, in the chapter. I'm not sure which, I haven't got all the verses down there, but you know the story is that the Israelites saw him, what he did. And then Pharaoh heard about it. And it says, and sure enough, Pharaoh heard what happened and tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh, went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. See, we can be hidden in God. We can know that we've got a plan and purpose. We can know who we are. But if we try and make this thing happen in our own strength, it's not going to happen. There's something of a reliance and dependence of God that needs to be deep within our hearts, within our spirits. That this cannot happen in our own strength, but only by His Spirit. That there's a dependence on God, there's a dependence on Him uh, that needs to infiltrate our hearts and our souls and our minds. That it's only by His Spirit that we live in the call of God on our lives. And it's only by His Spirit that we can press on to take hold of that which why he took hold of us for. You see, for, for Moses, he had grown up in Pharaoh's court, but he knew as a Hebrew, so there's something of pr- pride that came within him, and the pride turned into presumption. He presumed that God was with him. And then we presumed, he thought, well, Entitlement came in. I'm entitled to take hold of what's mine. My call, my dream, my inheritance, my people. And I think he forgot that it's God's people and it's God's way. And I think one of the sins of the church, not just generally, I'm making general, I'm not saying this church, I think, I think we can so easily presume that God's with us and behind us and do these things without consulting God and without hearing by the Holy Spirit. We just presume. And we need to, I strongly believe that it's the fear of the Lord that will keep us in intimacy with the Lord. The fear of the Lord that keeps us free from entitlement. Because if we live lives that are entitled and presumption, we will never enjoy the title deeds of the inheritance that God's given us. We'll live in our gifting and the limits of who we are. But the reality is God takes... I I look at this church, I look at my own life, and I think, man, how God, how do you use me? Seriously. One of the things that I've had had to battle... Um, and I, I think I, I chat, I mean, even Charles, we were talking yesterday, I can't remember where it was. One of the things I've had to battle is the fear of man, believe it or not. Fear of man. Want to please man, uh, you know, the flesh. It's, and then what I do is I try and make things look as good as possible, and I use the ladies, the three ladies around me to make things look as, look as good as possible. And it's going well, but, but I've still got to... Make sure that what we do is there's, it's saturated by what God wants us to do, by what God's will is. So the kids' church thing, Josh and kids, we can be running, we can have all the banks in place, but without the river, those kids ain't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere in the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. We can't, this thing can't be done on our own. And one of the things we need to be learning and as well is operating from a place of rest, not to a place of exhaustion. And when we, when we start very, very tight, and that's going to happen because when you're ministering, when you're leading, when you're in church life and you're giving, there is going to be a tiredness that comes in. But are you being replenished? Are you being replenished?
by the Holy Spirit. So Moses runs away. Runs away from the call of God in his life. Out of fear of man. Runs away. He goes as far away. Goes to the other side of the desert. Far away. The land of Midian. And he becomes a sheep farmer. But before he does that, it says there, when Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. What well are you sitting down? For him, it could be in the well of disappointment. God, you never showed up when I did this, tried to do this thing. But I tried to do this thing for you. It was for you, God. Disappointment. I know what disappointment looks like in church life. But then I go, I've got to be careful in that place that I leave the disappointment at a well of life, the well of forgiveness, the well of letting go and letting God. I had to deal with uh, disappointment when we handed the church over. So we led the church in Mossel Bay. We planted the church in, those of you who don't know, the church that is Mossel, that Josh Jen in Mossel Bay. We planted that church in the year 2000. And we grew it to a certain place. And then I, didn't, I felt at the time that I didn't complete the building when it came. I mean, we, we realized it was God thing. So there's a uh, faith and obedience that we knew, we knew, we knew that God had spoken. But I had to deal with the disappointment of it, something incomplete. And had I completed the job. And look now and I say, I wasn't meant to. <laughs> I look back and say, I wasn't meant to complete the job. Others came in. But I, these are things that we deal with, but I can't afford to sit at the well of disappointment or anger or, or unforgiveness. I can't sit at that well, running away from the Lord, running away from the purpose of God. We've got to face the truth. You'll see, like, I'm not going to share it now, but, but when God confronts Moses, he says, you need to go to Pharaoh, you need to face the very thing that you're fearful of. So there's a well. There's a spring of living, unending water that will come up, and we need to be sitting at that well if we're going to live in the more that God has for us. Amen? Are you with me? There is this, this well that we've got to be careful. Be careful of the well that you're sitting at. Shame, offense, you've made a mistake, you've sinned, whatever the case is, there's a well that God wants you to come and drink of that allow you to live in what God has for you. Don't. Okay. For him, for Moses, that well that he sat down affected the next 40 years of his life. Don't waste your life or part of it, if possible. Okay, you're all with me. So, so there's this thing that every single, every single one of us that have been hidden in God with a purpose in God, that is going to be tested. And one of the big tests in life is going to be who do I trust to live out for the long term to grab hold of that which God hold, hold of me. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? And so after 40 years, uh, chapter, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, and this is kind of maybe the main part that I wanted to share with you guys because I feel like God's done so many good things here. And maybe up to this point in this journey, you're not running away from the call of God in your lives, but there are areas that you feel maybe there's just something in my heart, make sure I go to the right well, sit at the right well, drink of the, the, the well of Jesus, of himself. But So that... That's just a point, but I feel for you to live in the more. This is key that you understand some of these things. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness. He is so far away from God's purpose. He's so far away from God's call on his life. He's so far away from the Hebrew people that is called to lead. Far away. The angel there, right there in that place in the desert, feeding looking after sheep, God reveals himself to Moses. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. 
Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a close look, God called him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your shoes and sandals for you're standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. I've messed up. Forty years I've wasted on my life and I thought God had forgotten about me. John on the island of Patmos had led the church in Ephesus for many years. I don't know if you know that. He actually led the church at Ephesus. And he's on the island of Patmos thinking that John the apostle who put his head and he reclined with Jesus on the island of Patmos stock still alone. My life is over. My purpose is over. And in that space, the Lord appears to me and says, puts his right hand on John says, you've still got a book to write. You've still got a letter to write. There's still purpose in your life. I'm 62 years old. Watch this space. As long as I breathe, as long as God gives me grace, breath, I'm running for Jesus. See, passion is not a personality type. Passion is a choice. You and I, I got a choice to choose the path of following Jesus with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That is the passion. That is the choice that God gives us. I want to say to every single one of you, you got breath? He calls to you. Moses, Moses. I don't know what your name is, sorry. Francois, I know you. I know where you're at. I know your name. I haven't forgotten. You've still got a purpose for your life. I love that about God. The God who redeems, the God who restores, the God who, who doesn't forget. God doesn't forget his people. He doesn't forget his promise. He doesn't forget his purpose written over your life when he hid you in Christ. Because you're in Christ. Amen? You're with me. Keep going. <laughs> if, if this is the message, man, there's more that God has for us. More and more and more that God has for us. See, Moses came to the burning bush and was... Incredible. He what says there, the, the version I use says, he was amazed. He was mesmerized. But you see, we can be mesmerized in the moment, but never transformed by the transcendent. We can come and look at the bush and say, it's amazing, but never be changed in our lives, never be transformed. It's amazing, the burning bush. We can come to a good meeting, excellent meeting. We can go to the 412 conference. Yes, come on. I take it, you're registering. Let me give that a quick punt. God's going to do incredible stuff there. We can have a burning bush experience and leave there unchanged, not transformed, because you don't step onto the holy ground. I want to say the call of God on every single one of our lives is not a, is not a God's suggestion. It's not a suggestion. The call on every single one of our lives is holy ground. Is holy ground. So we can either stand still and watch what God's doing. We can humble ourselves and say, God, draw me closer. I want to be in the fire. I want that fire to catch the fire in the burning bush. I, wa I want it to catch a heart of my heart and that my heart doesn't burn out like that bush. Burning bright, but not consumed. 
understand what I'm saying? That, that, and I want to encourage you. I want to urge you all to, whatever it is, get God to blow the wind on the fire that's in your heart, that it burns bright, that there's passion, that there's running, that there's excitement, there's uh, joy. Moses had a step away from shepherding sheep in a foreigner's flock, but to leading God's people in the promises of God, into promised land with his people. And it starts with this encounter with the person of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. How's your God encounters going in your devotional time with the Lord? Are you encountering Jesus? Do you see that the call on your life to be everything that God's called you to be is not just mm, a suggestion? Let me think about it, Lord. It's actually not. It's actually there. There is no other way but obedience to the call of God on our lives. So he had to move from presumption, Moses had to move from presumption to actually a personal encounter. What I love about, I was looking at it as I was just preparing this morning again, just as I was going through what I'm sharing, I felt, you know, God appeared to him while he's tending sheep. So in the, when you're working, do you encounter God while you're doing counting books? Or while you... Uh, visiting someone or in your job as you're teaching children or whatever it is. What, farming, lots of farmers here. Cows. Where's Yakub? While you're there with the cows, man, God can come there and he can ignite fire. Wherever we walk, the moment we place our feet on holy ground and we move from that we place our feet on holy ground. The moment we step out of that, every place we put our feet becomes a holy destiny. What God has for us. And I love the fact that God appears to you and me every day, in every way, little things in life. God wants to become more astute and very sensitive, including myself, to the flow of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. He wants to encounter you. I, about a few months ago, um, I had my youngest grandchild grab me by my, she said, she calls me Papa, okay? Some of you know, okay? Papa, Papa. So I said, what do you want? You know, because I was busy doing other stuff. What do you want? Papa, Papa. So in the, at the end, she, she, so I turned to her now, focused on her. I said, Papa, I just want you. I just want you. At that moment, I dropped everything. And we had playtime together, whatever it is. I'm trusting that for me, and I'm speaking to myself now, because things can get very busy, that there are these moments in the day, and as regular as possible is, Dad, I just want you to spend time with me. I think we chatted a bit about it yesterday, just kind of some of the stuff that you, we need to do as leaders, you know. Um, not always available to everybody, but making sure that the Father's speaking so that we're obedient to what the Father says for who he wants me to speak to in that day. Okay? Is that all right that I said that? <laughs> okay. Okay. It says there. So when we left Port Elizabeth to go plant the church in Mossel Bay, just want to look at the time now. When we left and we, all we had to go from Mossel Bay, from PE to Mossel Bay, was upend our whole life, sell our house, move our whole family to Mossel Bay, start 
in a, in a new town, whatever the case is. Make all the changes, all the sacrifice that was needed. And then the same thing happened when we moved to Cape Town from Mossel Bay. But all we had was what God said. God, you said. We had, we had encountered, we heard the Lord speak to us. And we left everything. And then we went through tough times, difficult times, of which there weren't many. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were some some difficult times and things we went through. What do you go back on? Lord, you said. You said. It says, then uh, the Lord said to him, verses 7 and 8, says, then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people. Forty years later, by the way, they're still being oppressed. In Egypt, I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites and all the, the, the tights live, okay? Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Did, did you catch God saying, I have come to lead them out, and I'm sending you to lead them out? Well, I just admire that scripture that used, he who dwells in the shadow. Of the... Just think about it. Don't even think about, I know you shared about going into the shadow, but think about the truth of the, the king of the universe allows us to live in his presence. It's, we, we have this game in the car with my grandchildren. So we do nursery rhymes, singing nursery rhymes. But what I do is I get the nursery rhymes all wrong and mixed up. So you're doing the car, singing the nursery rhyme, la, la, la. Jack and Joel went up the hill and Humpty Dumpty sat on the I'll get them all mixed up. And they suddenly, from the back of the car, they go, whoa, 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 that's wrong, that's wrong. Well, I think we need lots of whoa, whoa, whoa moments in the Christian walk. Whoa, 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 stop and think. You're getting that nursery rhyme all wrong. Just, whoa, whoa, whoa. That verse you read, as you read, I thought, what, what? God, He lives in unapproachable light, wants us to bask in the presence of His light in intimacy, not even at a distance. Amazing. And He calls and He says, Moses, I know you're a murderer. Did you, you didn't forget that Moses actually killed someone. Hello? Moses, I know you ran away from me and from the call of God on your life. I know that. He says, I know you might have been, you, you might have been your heart might have been filled with um, anger and disappointment I know those things in you but I've called broken people to lead a broken people into freedom have you ever thought about that God called a murderer into his incredible mission to lead his people out it's grace grace and grace mercy only mercy we live constantly under the, the hand, the right hand of God's mercy in our lives. I wrote this down. <laughs> Inexplicable mercy called out a murderer who had gone up the miftry into a magnificent mission. <laughs> God uses the imperfect, the weak, those who fail, those who are disappointed, those who are fearful. Uses broken vessels for the aroma of Christ to break out. Man, God wants to use every single one of you. None of you disqualify. If you know Jesus, there's more, and there's more, and there's more for every single one of you. 
from personal encounter to encountering his purpose. And God says, in this place of revelation of who I am, he says, I want you to take off the sandals that you've been wearing of disappointment, the sandals of disqualification. I want you to take off the sandals of the journey of your last 40 years of whatever you, where you were far away from me. I need you to take those off. You need new sandals. You need new shoes. And the only way you can do it is when you step barefooted as you are human flesh, when you, when you give of yourself and, and you put that on holy ground. And God revives in you the purpose that he has called you to. I did this <laughs> later. I think, I think we're going to do and we're going to worship at the end just now. We're going to take off our shoes. We'll do it when I land. Because I, I feel like the Lord says that I want to reestablish when us the call, the holy call of God on our lives. It's that we need to take off the dust and the dirt that maybe we feel has disqualified us. And he says, I'm the God who sees my people. So he says, I need you to become my eyes. I'm the God who hears the cries of my people. I need you to be my ears. I'm the God who wants to set them free. I've called you to go and be the message. I need you to confront the enemy. I need you to set my people free. And you know, that's not just Charles's job and the elders' job. It's every single one of us. The call of God on our lives. It's a weight, man, but it's like a joy. And I want to say that the, the thing that is going to keep us going is this personal, ongoing personal encounter with God and out of that place, living in obedience. I can't say it any more than that. This is simpler. It's like God's call on our lives is weighty. And none of us disqualified are disqualified. None of us. Amen? You with me? We serve a God who seeks, who saves, who sends. That's who he is. And so... Moses has got no excuses. I'm not going to go into this too detail because I really want us just to almost land there with, with the call of God. How do we live in the more of God? We press into the presence of God where we don't rely on ourselves. We understand that there's a well of life that we need to sit at, that we need to drink of consistently. We need to have ongoing personal encounters with God where we realize and He reminds us of the weight of the call on our lives to become everything that God has for us, which means God, which means we don't settle down. God is not content with average. He's not worshipped in the mundane. He's worshipped his worship and lives are given to him passionately. We run and say, God, I've encountered you at this burning bush. I've come here to this meeting on what's the date, the seventh or whatever it is. And I, and I saw, I hope a bit of a burning bush here. <laughs> I've encountered you, God, speaking. But I want to let go of stuff, my journey, things that have held me back in the past. I want to move to the more, to the more. And and every week I'm trusting, yeah, it sounds like you've had some wonderful burning bush meetings and that lives have been changed, man. Don't stop that. I want to commend you guys as a church for what you've done in the region, but there's more. There's more. Um, the nations are waiting. I'm sad you didn't get to go to uh, Isle of Man, but God's got a plan and purpose in that. But the heart, swelling down, blessing, Isle of Man in the UK. I mean, that's How's that? Just God gets something wonderful for every single one of us. We've got no excuses. God answers all the excuses by me. Moses, who am I? Who am I to go talk to, to Pharaoh? God says, grow up. It's not you that matters. It's me. I'm sending you. I define your life. I define who you are. I define your past. I qualify you. Just make sure you're hidden in me. Who are you, God? Who do I say you are? He just says, 
I'm God. I'm sovereign over all. If I'm sovereign over all, then I'm sufficient in all, then you should be fully satisfied in me. I'm enough. I'm enough. He says, uh, what if people don't receive me? He says, actually, you've got nothing to do with it. It's about the message that I'm, or something that I'm going to place in your hand. So you know what he does. He says, yeah, he has a staff. He knows the staff. So he throws the staff onto the holy ground. You know, it becomes a snake. It's literally on the ground. But Moses would never, if he hadn't picked up the staff, he would never have parted the sea. We can have encounters with God, and God can put stuff in your hand, but unless you use it, unless you send that encouraging word via WhatsApp, unless you go to pray for the person that's broken, unless you uh, hear what the Lord is saying to you and you share that encouraging scripture with someone, unless you go in a, with a team to Bonnyvale, whenever, or hear what I'm saying, every single one of us, God has put something in our hand and he wants to change this, the rod that he used in the natural to parts like it to parts he wants to use you to become something of the miraculous because it's a miracle it's a miracle what I see and I see miracles yeah I'm a miracle the miracle that God's kept me 53 years nearly it's a miracle God's mercy we are walking miracles God qualifies us So, I land. Hopefully it's been okay. <laughs> Just stirring you to, to live in the more that God has for us. Don't settle. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. Don't settle for second best. Don't, don't settle for anything other than God's plan for your life, for your lives together. God wants this church operating greater measure of unity, greater measure of synergy, that you're going to take more ground and more ground and more ground. Next is more. Hey, for you and for me and everyone, what God's doing is more. I, after even with the, the role that we're playing now, I've got to believe that there's, that God, despite the difficult, the, the busyness, that God's taking me and came into the more. The more that he has for us. So maybe this is the time. If you're feeling, I'm going to take my shoes off. I'll because I feel that's something that I need to be reminded constantly. Of that the moment that God hit me in himself in April 1970. That the weight of the call on my life never changed. And your life, what God does in your life. That call on your life to be the blessing to be the, 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 no matter how broken or, or unqualified we may feel, God wants us to be the rainbow, <laughs> to be a reflection and refraction of his beautiful, perfect light. I've told this story and I, I'm going to close with this story. feel like Caleb standing on this going across the uh, into promised land, Caleb 80 years old, I'm not 80 yet but I'm still asking God, give me the high ground and you what are you asking the Lord for, what is your prayer high ground high ground sitting the other day with Jeff Kittle. Some of you know Jeff, Jeff Kittle. So about a month ago, I went to Kirstenbosch Gardens with him every Tuesday, or most Tuesdays. We get into Kirstenbosch for free because we're over 60, okay? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm over 60. I can take, if I can, I'll take it. You know? And... Uh, he sits on, there's a bench. I said to him one day, I said, I want to go sit with you. We sit and we talk to the Lord. 
we, we, we threw the ashes of his wife who died four years ago. So I just want to be with you. And we're sitting there on this park bench near where the ashes of his wife, and he's talking, and we said, let's just talk to the Lord. We, we overlo- we're looking over the mountain and Kirstenbosch Gardens, and we think, God's here. <laughs> God's here. holy ground but man holy ground is beautiful ground awesome yet activating and I feel like God some of us I think the Lord wants to reignite something fresh in your lives I don't know what it looks like I feel for some of you you're going for God and God just says keep going dust off the shoes a little bit just dust them off a bit but you're doing well I feel it would be good for us to go into just to worship. And in the worship, just saying, Lord, here I am again, afresh. I want, I, want to take, I want to take more ground for you. There's people in this city, there's people in this town, in this region that God has seen. God has heard their cries. And God has says, I've come down to do something about it. And oh, by the way, I'm using you. Bless you guys. So, so let's do worship, and I, I feel this would be a good time. I'm going to take off my shoes. And let's just worship and just, in a way, just saying, Lord, my life is yours. I'm hidden in you. Man, in the shadow, I'm hiding myself in that shadow fresh. You are sovereign. You are sufficient. And I'm trusting you for whatever it means in the days and months and seasons that lie ahead. Maybe a song of just giving our hearts. Lord, I give, Lord, I give you my heart. I don't know if you know that song. Lord, I give that song or something like that. Just in terms of worship of surrendering our lives afresh to Jesus. Amen.